October 9th, 2023, from the top of the Amud, just three lines down, the first word on the line. If you recall the context of the Gemara, it's talking about the checking, uh, under some circumstances permitted, under others forbidden, of a Bechor. A Bechor, of course, the firstborn animal, and the, the Halakha is that a firstborn animal Bisman hazeh, when we don't have uh, sacrifices, would not be permitted unless it had what's called a mum kavua, it has a permanent blemish in it. In order to determine whether the blemish is permanent or impermanent, you need to turn to a mumhe, a person who is proficient with these laws to determine, to decide that. And the question in turn, we had in our Mishnah, in a continued conversation in the Gemara, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda, and so forth, is whether that's permitted on Yom Tov to check it and in turn to determine that this animal is blemished or not, and as a result, to be able to eat from it or not. That's a longer conversation that we've had throughout. So the Gemara now picks us up on uh, concluding statements, but it'll still be a pro- protracted conversation in its c- concluding statements. Darash Rabba so Rabba taking everything in, a beraita which was just cited and we'll return to in a moment, the Mishnah and others uh, of that sort, uh, Rabba Barav Huna made the following statement, Nolad hu umumo imo mevakerin oto biyom tob lecha His statement was, if the firstborn animal is born on Yom Tob and it has a mum on it, it means out of the womb from the mother it emerges into this world, and it's blemished. It has a mum kavua. The halakha, his statement is, mevakerin oto, which means you're allowed to check it, to ascertain, to decide whether it's a mum kavua or not, and in turn to establish it as a permanent blemish. Lechatechila biyom tov. Ideally, in other words, uh, whereas we had conversations earlier, there was the mum before yom tov on an animal, and you hadn't checked it. Could you now check it on Yom Tob? Well, maybe it's unideal according to the Bishimon. If you went ahead and did it, well, then it might be permitted to eat from it. Over here, the statement is, well, here's the newborn baby. Are we allowed to check it? Lechatechila? Certainly. What would the difference be? Why is this one permitted even lechatechila? It's born on Yom Tob with the blemish. Right, well, that's true. You couldn't check it before, and the others you could check before, but ultimately speaking, uh, who said you're allowed to check it? You're determining. After all, what was the isur with regards to checking, potentially? It's either that you're judging, or deen, or it's nirakimitakin. It appears as if you're fixing. Is that not the case over here as well? You have a judgment of sorts at the same time as well. It looks as if you're fixing this animal. So as Rashi explained it to us, he said over here there was never a hezkat isur, which means to say when I have a firstborn animal and I look at that animal, so in its initial stages, it's asur, it's forbidden. It's kodesh from the birth. Over here this animal comes out, we never said that about it. It was never determined that it actually has that kiddushah. True, but the mother which was permitted before Yom Tov, if you were to slaughter the mother, for example, if you were to slaughter the mother, that's right. So it means that the mother was omedet la'akhila. By the chickens, we assumed, we understood on Dafbet, that if the, uh, the, with the mindset that I'm going to slaughter potentially this chicken, any eggs that come out of it are permitted as well. We, the fact that I had in mind to potentially slaughter the mother, the mother was omedet la'akhila, much as that chicken potentially was, it means the inside as well is seen as an extension of that. 
Uh, it's still going to have problems, but that's the, it's got to be the assumption. What's that? That's right. That's right. That's what we're talking about throughout the sugya. But we're talking about a permissibility to eat nonetheless. So that's the statement in turn. So the statement again is, if it's nolad with its mum, with its blemish, a permanent blemish on it, you can determine that lechatechila. Before we get into the fundamental issues, the Gemara is going to test this empirically. It's going to test it based on the words of the last beraita, words on a coming beraita. Amale Rav Nachman abatane im avaru bekero mevukar veatamarta mevakerin oto lechatechila. The response in turn of Rav Nachman to Rabba Baravuna, I don't know if this plays out publicly, Darash, generally speaking, we assume it's a public derasha, mahalachot, but uh, maybe it's on the spot, Rav Nachman yells out at him, alternatively, it's on the side. Rav Nachman turns to Rabba Baravuna and says, Abba, Rashi says, the father of Rav Nachman, Taneh, as he taught this law, he read it as follows in the Beraita, Im avar ubikero mevukar. Let me translate those words. If you went against or you went over the law and you checked the baby which was born on Yom Tov, well, then it's okay, then it's considered checked. That sounds like very clearly not ideal. Again, the question that we're debating in this particular instance is whether when the baby is born with a potential blemish, I'm allowed to lechatechila, ideally, not that I went against, shouldn't have done that, you did it already, okay, it's permitted. That's one option, that's what's called bidi'avad. Alternatively, lechatechila, I'm a God-fearing Jew, I know the halakha, I know the law, and nonetheless, I'm allowed to check this and determine it. Says Rav Nachman to one second. The halakha, according to my father's teaching, is not so. You have the wrong version of this halakha. It's only bidi'avad im avaru bikiro mevukar. If you went ahead and you checked it, ah, you checked it. It's just like the birth of an animal before Yom Tov. And you're uncertain. You saw something on it before Yom Tov, but you didn't check it before Yom Tov. Over there, we had a mahlok, and ultimately speaking, it's only mutar bidi'avad, we said. He argues it's the same thing over here. And you, publicly, in your derasha, you're teaching people that you could go ahead and do this proactively, in an ideal sense. The comparison you gave, though, is the animals or the existence that you could have checked it because you didn't check it before Yom Tov. That's where it was bidi'avad. So the, the question, that's right. So the question is, do we compare this to that or not? How clear is the distinction? Uh, many people were unhappy with the distinction. Many people said, anyway, it should be forbidden. That seems to be the angle of Rav Nachman's father. It's similar to the chayah and the blood, if you already, if you did it, you did it, if you did it, if you hold this bidi'avad, then it's the exact same thing. Well, that's the question. Without getting, at least at this point, into the weeds of why they're arguing what they're arguing, it's just a clear-cut disagreement. It's a disagreement about whether, when the baby is born, with that potential blemish, if lechatechila, in an ideal sense, you could go and check it and eat it, or you shouldn't have, you already did so, right now it's permitted. Amar Abaye, Abaye however, deduces, brings fourth proof from a deduction in the Beraita that we just cited for Rabba Baravuna. Remember, Rabba Baravuna is teaching everyone it's ideally mutar. Go ahead and do it. Rav Nachman objects and says, but dad said differently. Says Abaye, I'm going to defend the first opinion. Rabba Baravuha. Kavate, excuse me, Baravuna. Kavate de Rabba Baravuna, Mr. Bera. He says it's logical. He doesn't mean logic based on the the logic that we, you and I use, is this logic based on reading the Beraita properly. He says, I think kavate means like the opinion of Rabba Baravuna, Mr. Bera, makes sense. 
Uh, why so? Now, here's the brief introduction. We began this at the end of last class, and it goes like this. You have three options, really, in the domain of halakha, but really in the domain of any law. You have either this is permitted entirely. If you were to ask me whether it's permitted or not, I say permitted. You have it's entirely forbidden. Even if you went ahead and did it, I say, no, it's not okay. That's bidi'avah. So one's one, one end of the spectrum, the other one is even bidi'avad asur. And then you have in the middle, lechatehila asur bidi'avad muta. Right? That's the three ends of the spectrum, two ends of the spectrum, and the middle that you have fully permitted, even in ideal sense, fully prohibited, even after the fact, and then the middle, ideally shouldn't have, but now permitted. That's the beraita uh, that we cited at the bottom of dafkafava mudalif seem to have three what we call bavot, three gateways, three separate segments. And if you read them through, it appears as if it's building for us this spectrum. And if we follow it through in turn, he's going to suggest, Abaye is, that the birth of the baby with the blemish, if you read it as three separate segments, each one representing one of these, well, that's going to be even ideally permitted. Listen to how he does it. Midekatane telata bave. From the fact that the Beraita that we had earlier taught these laws in three separate segments. Now, before I go onward, one last introductory statement. If I'm going to be teaching and I'm an organized teacher, I'm going to want to collect the like laws together and other like laws together and so forth. In other words, instead of teaching a class and breaking it into three, when law number one and law number three really should be in the same segment, you're not allowed to on Shabbat do this. You're allowed to do this, and then I say at the end, then you're not allowed to do this. Why do you separate those? So it's very confusing. You should have put those two together and put the thing in the middle afterwards. The fact that you said it like that makes me believe that one and three are actually different one from the other. That's what we're going to suggest over here. So in other words, from the reading of three separate statements, it seems to suggest each one of these is unique. Here's, here's what we learned earlier. Number one, nolad bo mum of yom tov. The, the animal was born already, maybe an old-aged animal, but the animal has a blemish from the eve of Yom Tov, but you haven't yet checked it. This was the case in our Mishnah. What's the halacha? You're not supposed to check it on Yom Tov. Not supposed to. What happens if you went ahead and did it? That's the law we were dealing with until now. Rabbi Shimon told us, you shouldn't really be checking it. Why shouldn't you be checking it? Either it looks like it's fixing, rabbinically prohibited, or it looks like judgment, rabbinically prohibited. But you went ahead and you checked it. You had a mumhe check it. I don't know what the mumhe was thinking. He's supposed to know the law. You should know he can't do it on Yom Tov. He did it. He did it on Yom Tov, and the, the, the task is done, the deed is done. What's the halakha? Now it's permitted. So we have now, that was our center of our spectrum, right? Our spectrum was... Certainly. The question is whether it's permitted even on Yom Tov. I want to meet for my family. So that's the question. That's permitted. So the first halakha in this whole spectrum, on the spectrum, is the middle one. Interestingly, right? So the middle was, shouldn't have, but now permitted. That's what we placed over here with. Nolad bo mum of yom tov. It was the case in our Mishnah. Number two. Nolad bo mum yom tov. If the blemish was developed on yom tov. There, everybody agreed. That's completely prohibited. That's muqsid. Didn't have a blemish beforehand. You entered into yom tov. You looked at this animal and you said, Bechor, I can't eat this. Not even the Kohen can eat this. No blemish. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Enze mina mukhan da'afilu di'avad namelo. 
Uh, so now we set up uh, the next point on our, on our spectrum. So we set up the middle on the spectrum. It's ideally not okay, but it's permitted once done. We set up the far, maybe right, right, where we're saying it's completely prohibited even if you went ahead and did it, and that was a case where nolad bomum beyomtob. Oh, we have one more segment on our, on our spectrum. One more point. What's that gonna be? Entirely permitted, right? What's our last case in the Beraita? Vishavin shi'im nolad umumu o'imo shezemin The last of the three cases is, if it's born with the blemish, well, then it's permitted. Permitted lechatechila, or permitted bidi'avad. Permitted as an unideal, or even ideally. Wow, wait a second. You set up three segments. It's got to be an app. It's got to be a mum kavua. It's got to be a mum that is not going to, that's permanent. But what, what do we see from the perfect placement in the beraita that we're setting up the third point on our three-pointed spectrum? One was even with the avad, not okay, under all circumstances, not okay. The other was the middle, but the avad, it's okay. You shouldn't have done it. This one's going to be even means as well, it's also permitted. So again, just from the presentation in the Biraita, nothing more and nothing less. That's our deduction, says Abaye. I can deduce from the words of this Biraita. You see, because if it was going to be mutar, only bidi'avad, only in an unideal situation, you already called the mumhe, it should have been mentioned at the beginning, together with, if nolad bomu of yom tob, or nolad umu mo'imo, okay, what's done is done. That's how it should have been mentioned. And then you should have told me the other spectrum and told, told me we don't have a far left in this. It's never permitted l'chatechila. So the suggestion of Abaye is, I can defend you, Rabbah Barav Huna, and if it's nolad hu umu mo'imo, it's going to be mutal l'chatechila. So that's the, go ahead. What's the difference between second case and third case? Second case is, <coughs> the animal was born already, might even be an old age animal. <coughs> the moon comes on Yom Tov. Third case is the animal is born on Yom Tov with the moon. Now, when, it, when the moon was developed afterwards, when it's born with the moon, provided that, as Jeffrey said earlier, they, you had in mind to eat from the animal, so the animal you could have slaughtered and eaten you know, potentially from the child as well. Under that circumstance, we're saying it's permitted. Listen, the Gemara is still going to have difficulty with it. We'll, we'll see when we get there in a bit. Uh, don't we have, says the Gemara, Rav Osha'aya, when Rav Osha'aya arrived? Generally speaking, if not always, when the Gemara says arrived, it means they went to study in Eris Israel and they returned to Bavil or they came to Bavil for the first time, whatever it is. Over here, it's Rav Osha'aya. He came from Bavil, he studied in Eris Israel. He comes back from Eretz Yisrael and he says, he brought with him matnita biyadeh, teaching from the rabbis, a beraita. Oh, wait a second, what's this beraita? This beraita is going to be explicit, black on white, that when the baby is born with the blemish on it, it is not permitted in the ideal sense. It's permitted after the fact. Oh, so any deduction you had, Abaye, scratch it. Any statement you had, Rabba scratch it. You're wrong. We have an explicit beraita otherwise. And what did it say? Quote, Ben Shinolad Bomu Me'ed of Yom Tob. Whether the case is 
The animal's already alive, has a blemish before Yom Tov, and it hasn't been checked. You check it on Yom Tov, everybody knows. So the statement in turn over here in this Beraita is that we coupled together Nolad Bomum Beyom Tov and Nolad Bomum Erev Yom Tov. Whether it's born before Yom Tov or on Yom Tov, in both of these circumstances we say it's entirely forbidden, which means to say on our spectrum in this Beraita, we only set up the far right on the spectrum. We only said that even the Avad or the assumption in turn is if you're going to find any room for permissibility, if you're going to find bumping it down a little, it's born with the blemish, it's not going to be ideally permitted. That's right. In other words, this Beraita, we have three cases, right, Robbie? Number one, the Mum is before Yom Tov, but it's checked on Yom Tov. Number two, the moon is on Yom Tov. Number three, the birth of the baby with the moon is on Yom Tov. Now, the first two, we thought we had on two, two separate parts of the spectrum. We thought we had if the moon was before Yom Tov and it's only checked on Yom Tov, it's mutar the avat. We thought that the case where it's, the moon is developed on Yom Tov, asur even the avat. And then we had this third case. It's born with the blemish. We thought, oh, maybe that's the far left, the most permitted. This Beraita says that the first two that we just mentioned are coupled together. Neither one of them is permitted Neither one of them is permitted even with the avad. They're under no circumstances. If the animal was already alive, permitted to eat, if it had a blemish that wasn't checked beforehand. That's what that? This Beraita seems to knock those two cases out entirely, which means to say that if we're now going to find a permitted case, it's hard to make the arguments going to be permitted on the far left entirely, even the Chatechila. So that's what the Gemara now is. Go ahead. Is there a difference between developed the blemish and being born with blemish? Yes. So that's, that's the distinction? Well, that's the question. The question is if it develops the blemish, it's certainly Asur, even with the Avad. If it's born with the blemish, do we say it's more permitted? That's really the question that we're de- de- debating. Now, if it develops the blemish, it's asur even with the avad. When it's born with the blemish, our argument is it's mutar. We know it's mutar. We don't know if it's mutar even in an ideal sense or an unideal it was sense. Born with the blemish, but I didn't check it before Yom Tov. Yes, we're uncertain. Either what we had until now was permitted, but only with the avad. What we have now is. Oh, no, that shouldn't matter. No, that shouldn't matter. It's only if it's born on Yom Tov with it that we're going to have that circle. Go ahead. On Yom Tov. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of, but the, the checking is the question over here. Is the checking in this circumstance, is it, in other words, the checking, generally speaking, is Asumid Rabbanah. So are we going to say it's Asumid Rabbanan over here or not? Now you'll say, you'll say, why shouldn't it be? The answer why it shouldn't be is because we never had a strong reason today to say this is Asur. There's no Hiskat Isur. <coughs> Certainly. Again, but it's born on Yom Tov. The assumption entering into Yom Tov is it's going to be a firstborn, it's going to be Kodesh. So if anything, you're in trouble. But the second that comes out, it has a blemish. Was at any point of its life, was that animal Asur? It was never actually Asur. 
is the suggestion. Does that mean that I can even go ahead and check it? That's the debate. But that's why it's different than when it was born beforehand. Yes. It's two separate isurim, right? In other words, you have to you have to slaughter it right away, and you have to spill the blood. But if you don't spill the blood, you can still eat the animal. Yes. So it's not as if you don't spill the blood, you can't eat the animal. Correct. Here with the bechor, is there that separation of you can eat the cow, but it's you have violence? No. If you cow. eat if you eat the firstborn. Without checking, without a mum, you're violating an isur from the Torah. It's not a lechata. It's not an extra mitzvah. It's it's forbidden meat. It's forbidden meat until then. Yeah. It sounds like you're leaning now towards this. Not this. So the Gemara is not only going to lean. The Gemara is going to going to say so that this case we're falling off of any permissibility lechata we're going to say that when it's born with the blemish, although, ultimately speaking, if you went ahead and checked it, it'll be permitted, you shouldn't have checked it. Why shouldn't you have checked it? Rabbinically speaking. Says the Gemara, but wait a second, we had the Beraita earlier. I spent some time last week, this week, trying to develop for you the three points of the spectrum. Well, we were deducing. We said it's permitted, but only even says the Gemara, didn't we have our earlier Beraita? In other words, in the, all the confusion and mess of this sugya, effectively, we had two Beraitot. One Beraita, which seemed to suggest if it's born with the blemish, it's permitted. And the second one, which is suggesting to us it's only permitted by the avad. So we seem to be turning our way to the second bit. I told that's a good one. That's true. Let's be stringent over here. Oh, what about the first one? Oh, you didn't forget about the first one? So let's go on the first one. Oh, I'll tell you where that one came from. That one didn't come from a pure source. Says Don't we have a difficulty from the first bit? That first bit, which we read at the bottom of the it was brought by and taught by Adabar Uchneh. Before I continue, remember that whereas we read Beraitot, cited in the Gemara, they were once upon a time suggested and read aloud by heart uh, by the students. So sometimes you had students who weren't so knowledgeable and they'd come in and say, oh, Rabbi, can I uh, suggest something? Sure. Let me tell you what I know from a Beraita. Uh, maybe he hadn't done his review properly. Maybe he never studied it properly. In other words, there's always a danger in the Talmud that when something's being cited, it's maybe not coming from the right source. It maybe wasn't fine-tuned and carefully determined that these are the right words. Now, 99% of the time in the Gemara, when they cite Beraitot, they're very certain about them. From time to time, the Gemara will say, and it's hard for me and you to determine this, we weren't there, they'll say, that's not the right thing, that Beraita is from a different source, it's not so good. So that's the backdrop to this, what the Gemara effectively is going to say, a little uncharacteristic, but you find it from time to time, is that Beraita, oh, don't pay attention to that one, pay attention to the second one. Why not? It came from Ada Baruchme Hazit. Forever, his name is associated with faulty Beraitot. What's his personality, says the Gemara? De Mishabesh Vitaneh. He made mistakes as he taught the Beraitot. I mean, really, has he? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, his, his name is in the Gemara, not mine, but still, I mean, your name is in the Gemara, and you're known as the mistaken one. Oh, that's the Gemara's punchline on this. So again, so the Gemara seems to be concluding on this matter that if it's noladhu umumo imo, although it's permitted, it's not permitted to check it, it's only permitted after it's eaten. Says the Gemara, last statement on this particular point, says, I think, not only spending time in Beraitot, 
back to our Mishnah where this whole conversation began. If you read the Mishnah carefully, you can even deduce this law from there. That lechatechila noladhu mumoimo would be asur dekatane. After all, our Mishnah taught Rabbi Tane. Lashon Mishnah, the Taf and the Shin are interchangeable in Aramaic, and Tane, we taught. Mishnah means to teach. Vishinantam Levanecha. Dekatane, Rabbi Shimon Omer. These were in the words of the Berat Mishnah, not too long ago. Quote, Kol she'en mumon nikar me'erev yom tov, en zemen The statement of Rabbi Shimon was, if the mum, the blemish, was not discernible, was not checked, rather, before yom tov, it's not minamuchan, it's not permitted. What's he referring to? Mai en mumonikar. What did he mean that the, the blemish was not discernible, hadn't been checked? What was he referring to? Ilema, ilema, perhaps you'll say, ilema imtomar she'en mumonikar kelal. Maybe it's that there was no blemish at all. That's what Abishimon's talking about. There was no blemish, and it developed the blemish on Yom Tov. That's a hidush. If I were to come into the room and say that to you, listen, the animal was a bechor, as Charles was talking about earlier. The animal's a bechor entering into the holiday. Okay, Rabbi, well, did you see anything on it? I didn't see anything on it. On Yom Tov, I saw it fall into a hole and I saw its eye get gorged. Why would that be permitted, Rabbi? It was Asur entering into the day. You know that it developed a blemish on the day. Of course it's Asur. Peshita, that's clear that it's going to be forbidden. Nobody, even a Behuda, is going to be, disagree with that. That's called Mukseh, par excellence. That is the case of Mukseh. It was forbidden before Yom Tov. You maybe now found room for permitting it, but it's not permitted entering into Yom Tov. It was forbidden. I said, it can't be that's what he meant. Rabbi Shimon's statement was, if the moon was not nikah, if it wasn't determined, well then it's forbidden. Well, he couldn't have been talking about that it really was unblemished. You needed to teach that? Everybody knows that. Maybe the case was in, instead that, well, there was a blemish. You saw the blemish. It was in your mind. Oh, this animal might be eaten. I can invite the betas, Taos, Cohen's, Gindis over on Yom Tov. They could eat from this. The Kohen can eat from this because I think that might be a blemish. We'll just show it to a, 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 a hacham on Yom Tov. Imum kavua, imum over. It's uncertain whether it's a mum kavua, a permanent blemish or a passing blemish, but you saw a blemish. So that must be the case that the Mishnah is talking about. Again, well, our Mishnah has the following statement. If it wasn't determined that it has a blemish before Yom Tov, well, then says Rabbi Shimon, enze min hamuchan. Uh, what's the case? Can't be that it didn't have a blemish at all. Must be it had a blemish. You hadn't showed. Katanemihat enzemanamuchan shema'mina. Says the Gemara, the words are enzemanamuchan. What does enzemanamuchan mean? Enzemanamuchan means it was not considered prepared. Well, what does it was not considered prepared mean? The understanding of this is it's forbidden even with the avad. According to Rabbi Shimon, he's telling you, if you didn't show it to the mumheh, the hacham, before Yom Tov, you're not allowed to enjoy this at all. That's a case where it was already present, the blemish, and Yom Tov arrives, and that's only when you check. It says Rabbi Shimon, completely forbidden. You couldn't show it to him, you showed it to him, you can't eat from it. That means if I'm going to now go down one level, it's born with the blemish, you're going to tell me that's permitted even l'chatechila? Clearly not. That's only going to be b'di'avad, which means to say the bottom line on much of these issues, again, good we don't have farms, good we're not dealing with bechor, is very stringent in our sukya. Most matters are coming out stringently. If the mum is born to it on Yom Tov, certainly forbidden. If the mum was there before Yom Tov, but you hadn't showed it to a hacham, 
We debated, but ultimately speaking, according to Rabbi Shimon, forbidden even with the avad, completely forbidden. If it's born with the blemish, and again, I don't know the statistics on this, but I imagine that's not very common, even then, shouldn't show it to the hacham. You showed it to the hacham, the mumcheh, then it will be permitted. Shema' mina, that's the concluding line of this issue. What's that? Only permitted with the avad. If it's nolad hu umumo imo is the final line over here against Rabbi Baravua, who we started we started the sugya with. All right, the next sugya here, the next sugya enters us into, I would say lighter. It's not lighter per se, but it's less esoteric. It's not having to do with bechor, even though we'll bring bechor into it a little bit. And the issue will be, and we'll have to determine what exactly is the case. What if something entering into Yom Tob was mutar, was not mukseh? on Yom Tov becomes Mukseh, and then becomes Mutar again. What's the status of that item? In other words, it's this concept we're going to call Mukseh L'Hatsi Hayom. What type of case? Well, let's see the words first. Is there a concept for Shabbat and Yom Tov of it being partially Mukseh? It was permitted, then forbidden, and now permitted again. Is that really so? Uh, so, for example, and I'll, I'll blow to you from now, just so it's not so out. That's right. Uh, yeah, ahead of us always. Uh, but it's not dates. Gerogerot gerogerot dates, yeah. If you took your, the classic example, this is the classic example based on Shabbat of Memhe, right? The case is that I am drawing my dates or my zetim uh, or my figs on my roof. Now, uh, generally speaking, we assume, even according to Rabbi Shimon, that's called Dehiyabiyadaim. I push them out of sight, out of mind, they're inedible. But entering into Shabbat, they're already edible. Oh, fantastic. Either I just put them there and so they're not dried out yet, even though I want them to get dried out, so they're edible. It's not out of mind, out of sight, out of mind yet. Or alternatively, they finish their drying and entering into Shabbat, I'm just leaving there. I'm lazy, I'm not bringing them down yet. So entering into Shabbat, into Yom Tov, those fruits are edible. And then, like we had a week ago, a storm nails them. They're all drenched with water. They're still on the roof, but drenched with water. On Shabbat, on Yom Tov, they're no longer edible. Quickly, the sun comes out and dries it all up, and up the, and, and as a result, they're now edible again. What's the status? Entering into the day, they were forbidden. In the moment where it poured on them, it's not edible. The not to after Shabbat, I'm on Shabbat. On Shabbat, the sun came up. It okay, rained on Friday night. night. I'm not talking about Egypt. Why? We had the dough in our, in our eggs, and the sun baked it, and it wasn't edible before him. All right, but it wasn't holiday per se. Again, so over here the question is, you have a circumstance, again the Gemara will fill this out for us, that's the question, could it now be permitted again? Entering into the day was permitted, on the day it became forbidden. Can it now become, you'll have other cases we could talk about, practical ones. Permitted, has to be. If it was forbidden entering into the day, it's not becoming permitted. Right? Says the Gemara again. So, there was a question that was posed from Hilel to Hilel Merava. Hilel posed it to Rava. Says the Gemara, what's the case? Chazeh means to be seen. Over here, to be seen, it means it's ra'ui. Not ro'e. Ra'ui means it's appropriate. It is usable. If it's usable, 
That's the period entering to Shabbat, the critical period. That's when we determine whether something's mukseh or not, right? The moments leading into Shabbat. Could you use this or not? That's what we call Ben Hashem Ashot throughout the Masech. We've been talking about that. Is it mukseh Ben Hashem Ashot or not? If it's not mukseh, it's not mukseh. That's the question. That's first. Uh, all right, you, 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 you found an answer to this. So the first thing says the Gemara, if it was permitted entering into Shabbat, it's permitted. If it was on your mind and permitted, permitted. If those fruits, those uh, drying fruits were inedible at the point entering into Shabbat, it doesn't become permitted on Shabbat. It's mukseh. The case must be the ahaze. It was first edible. And as a result, it was on your mind. The hadar idheh. Lithot means to push aside. It was then pushed aside. Why? It's drenched in water. I'm not eating from that. You know. You checked it. You know. Whatever. It's pouring outside. Let's say you checked it. Great. Yeah. What? I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Once it's pouring, everybody knows the fruits on the roof are nailed. Well, it's like you're thinking about it. You just know the point. It has to be you checked it and you realize that it wasn't in a state to eat. I'm not certain. Because I think the reality that it's inedible is sufficient. I don't think you need to have the realization. I understand what you're saying. I just. It's an No, but he's saying. he's making the claim. I just think you're wrong. I don't have good proof right now. His claim is if mukse is potentially and mostly in the mind, if I didn't realize what happened in the interim, maybe it should not pose a problem. You're underground. You don't know. Interesting question. Interesting question. I don't have proof for you right now. Leave it as a question on the side. I got your claim, maybe. I even explained it to Jesse. For the moment, let's say you checked it to make you happy. I'm convinced you don't need to check it, but I don't have proof and I hear your angle. Because I think there's a reality as well. When something is not usable, you know, on the flip side, what if it's drenched before Shabbat? And in my mind, it's okay. So you're going to tell me on Shabbat I could use it? No chance. No. Are you going to say yes? It doesn't mean... It, no, it's like, it's, it has to check both boxes. Yeah, but I think there's a, a general... Okay, Meaning regardless. In my, in my mind, it has to Let's read this through and then, uh, and, and then separately. Says the Gemara... Okay. Says the Gemara... Hadar means an afterwards. The response initially was like Nathan. Knee-jerk response. Yesh mukse. It's going to be mukse. So again, to summarize the case, I'm stopping at this from... Oh, you said smuta. Oh, I'm sorry. Against you, Nathan. Don't worry. The Gemara will defend you in a moment. So the Gemara then had this question of Rava and Hillel. The question that was posed was, and for our purposes, it's the fruit which are drying, permitted to eat, able to be eaten. You check them and saw, we're going to go with A.B., that they're no longer edible. Then the sun comes out and dries them out again. It's now edible again. Yesh mukseh or en mukseh? Is it going to be permitted afterwards or not? In the moment when it's drenched, certainly not permitted. After it's dried out again, permitted or not, says the halakha, initially in the Gemara, yesh mukseh, it's going to be forbidden. The counterclaim, of course, is Nathan. If my mind was on it, even though I took my mind, but in entering into today is a critical time, I will return to this discussion tomorrow. Baruch Adonai, Amen. Amen.